so good to see everyone in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It's always great to worship the Lord with you. It's always great to be with the people of God that we're going to spend eternity with. Amen. Matthew chapter 15. Still, some people use their Bible. Still good to hear Bible pages turn. If the Lord tarry a little bit longer, that noise is going to go away more and more. But I hope some of you will hold on. Some children not born yet that might see your Bible and think it's one of the most amazing things. Because all they know is iPads. All they will know is computers. And so if we can hold on to this book, this sacred book. And uh, one day we're going to see that people will be mesmerized on this book. Like, wow, there's such a thing as Bible with on the Word of God on paper? Sure it is. Hallelujah. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Will you help me preach this morning? Okay, that was about three or four. Will you help me worship the Lord this morning? Oh, I like that. That sounds good. Matthew chapter 15, we'll begin in verse 21. The scripture says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I want to talk to you today on this topic. Your cry, your worship, your faith. Your cry, your worship, your faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost is present. Your power is here. Your power is in us. Your anointing is flowing. Oh my God, I just want your will to be done, Lord God. Allow the word of the Lord to come forth just the way you want it. I pray, Lord God, that you'll touch the ears and the heart of every one of us. That we can hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. Oh, God, I pray that there will be a transforming and a renewing of our minds today. And that, Lord God, whatever have us bound will set us free today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the power of God will operate in our midst. 
And Lord God, you will do just what you feel, just what you want. Will you do it, Lord God? Will you do what you want, Lord God? We open our hearts to you and say, Jesus, we belong to you. We want you to have your way and we want you to be magnified and glorified. That if somebody walk into this house this morning, they will know, Lord God, it is the Lord, the King, Jesus, whom we're worshiping, whom we're praising and adoring. Let somebody know, Lord, it is you that we give honor. It is you that we adore. It is you that we lift up. It is you, Lord God, that is present in this place. That however they feel, however they're being moved upon, they will know it ain't us, Lord, but it's you, oh God. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, the power of God will move, Lord. There are people that need to be touched by your mighty power to be healed of, oh God, ailments in their body. Will you do it even now, Lord God, that bodies will be made whole even now. Oh God, those that are here and those that are not here, will you send forth your healing power to touch them, Lord God, and make them whole, Lord God. I pray for those, Lord God, that are battling in their mind, that are struggling with thoughts, that are being held captive by their past. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for them, even now, by the authority of the Word of God, that they be set free, that they be loose, Lord God, that they will be able, Lord God, to freely, oh God, worship you and praise you. Oh God, have your way in this place today. We give you all the honor for God. You alone are worthy. Will you have your way in this place? Hear us today, Lord, for we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. What did you come to do today? What did you come to do today? In Jesus' name. There's power in His name. There's joy in His name. There's peace in His name. There's restoration in His name. There's deliverance in His name. Oh, there's joy in His name. Oh, God, we thank You for the name. The most powerful name under the heaven, in the heaven and on the earth. Lord God, I pray that the name will be exalted today. You may be seated. Your cry, your worship, your faith. Jesus departs into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. His goal was to have some quiet time with his disciples. He wanted to be in a place where he could be safe, get some rest, and impart some knowledge and wisdom to his disciples. He just needed to get away from it all. Sometimes we just need to get away from it all. Mm-hmm. Can't just keep going and going and going. For those of you that don't understand, the Bible talks about the Sabbath. As we know, some people have made a religion out of it, but all Jesus is really saying is, take some time to rest. And when you take some time to rest, 
Don't you go doing things that are wrong. Just meditate on me. Just just rest in me. Yes, we've made a religion out of the Sabbath day, but the Sabbath is not supposed to be any special day because God said that man have power over the Sabbath. The Sabbath don't rule you. The most important thing in this earth is you, human being, not 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 a not a holiday and and not any tradition or not anything that man may do. The most important thing in this earth is man. God created man and God said to man, be fruitful, be multi- be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and then and he said, and have dominion over it. So nothing should have dominion over us. When we start to live a life and say, oh, today is Saturday. It's the Sabbath. Let's make sure we stay in the house or just go to church. We don't light our stoves. We don't. When we get to that place, it means that they have control over you. And God has told us uh, we are the ones that's supposed to have dominion uh, and rulership over everything. Uh, nothing is supposed to rule man. Man has authority from God to rule everything. So you can't be controlled by a day or a tradition. The only thing that's supposed to control you is the almighty God himself. We can't let anything control us. We have to stand and say, God, only you can tell me when to go and when to come. I won't let anything or any circumstance control my life. You are my God and you are the one that reigns. In my life. And so Jesus stole away with his disciples to get some R&R and just to talk. Just to, like how we did yesterday, men. We just sat back and we just talked. There was no agenda. There, there, there was nothing that we had written down. We just sat and we talked and whatever we felt like, we just said it. And that's all it was. And so Jesus was, was doing that. The, the most interesting thing about him doing that is he did not do it in Israel. He went into a land where heathen was, where the Gentile was. He went into Sidon and he went, went, went into, uh, um, um, Tyre. He went there so he can just be with his disciples, hoping that nobody would know who he was because in Israel they kind of knew who he was he had he was doing miracles he did things in Israel so they knew who he was but when he went to this Gentile land this heathen land they didn't know who he was and so he can just get to the side and just chill and so he was with his disciples chilling mm-hmm. relaxing talking right now here comes this woman this woman sees Jesus. He thought, all right, good. We're going to get a chance to just chill. And this woman sees him. Not one of the people that knew him from Israel. She was one of the people from the land that was Gentiles. And they didn't know who the Lord was. As a matter of fact, her descendants didn't really like the descendants of Israel. And so she saw Jesus. And the Bible says she cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Her cry was distinct. It wasn't just any kind of cry. It was a cry of desperation. A cry of great need. You see, when you really need help, that cry is different. It's distinct. 
your, your whole being go into this cry of, oh God, I need help. Your voice begins to sound different. It begins to shake. And you begin to put everything into it. Oh, God, will you help me? That's the kind of cry that came from this woman. That, that cry that got Jesus' attention. One might say, Jesus knows everything. Why did she have to carry on like that? That's what some of us do. Well, God knows my heart. Why do I have to be this way or that way? Can I tell you sometimes this is the way it is. Whatever is on the inside eventually comes to the outside. And you can spend all your time trying to convince somebody, I feel just like you feel, but I just, I'm just different. What I've discovered with people is that we all have different things that gets us excited. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know what gets me excited. And when I get excited, my wife gets crazy. Gladys. Whatever. I've got excitement in me. And the things that get me excited, it gets me moving. And everybody got a little something in them. I'm telling you, there's a few things that get Mr. Thomas excited, but I know one thing that get him excited. No matter where he is, what he's doing, all I got to say is, want to play some dominoes? That gets his juices flowing. We all have something like that. I, I don't know what everyone's situation is and what gets you, but something gets you My grandma will catch a bus from here to Princeton to catch a sale. <laughs> Sales get her excited. So I understand from the least, you might think it's just it's no big deal. And I understand to the greatest. But we all get excited about something. And what you have to ask yourself is, what is more important than Jesus? What is more important than having a relationship with Him? If you don't get excited about nothing, you better get excited about Jesus. <laughs> oh, somebody hear me this morning. We can't think that this Jesus thing is about I'm just reserved. This Jesus thing is I'm just, I, 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 I love God, but no, I've read the book and I just see that when we are into it, it it's something different. Something, something just goes on on the inside and you come out of yourself. And I can tell you for, for a fact, because I'm not supposed to be this way that I am today. I was too cool to be doing what I'm doing right now. I was too cool. Talking about I'm in church preaching and worshiping the Lord. Cool people don't do that. So don't tell me that you just stay the same when you get an encounter with Jesus. And so you might say, why well, should I have to carry on? Like that. Here is a little thought for you. Just like how that woman cried out aloud. Oh, Lord! 
mercy on me. You can make that same cry with a whisper. God help me today. The lady with the issue of blood. I went and read it. Trust me. Yeah, I can't tell you I consume my hand with the word of God. Just pray that I stay on course. I went to go look at the lady with the issue of blood. She never cried out. Know what she did? If I can just get, uh, if I just, ah, ah, she got to reach for him. So even if you don't have a big mouth like me, even if you don't get crazy like me, the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't have time to say, excuse me, excuse me. She, she didn't have time to say, oh, Lord. She got on her knees and she crawled on the floor. And I'm sure it wasn't no carpeted floor. She crawled on the floor and said, I got to get to him. For if I could but just touch the hem of his garment, just like this woman had a cry, she had a cry. And when we get a cry for Jesus, whether we whisper it or whether we get loud, it moves us into action. Oh, Lord! Help us, Lord. It's the same desperation as the one that cried loud, as the one that whispered. What they have in common is it put them in action because they were desperate. They had a need that they were desperate for. They both went into action different ways, but they went into action because when you have a deep, desperate cry and you need the Lord to do something, that cry is different. That cry, it consumes your entire being. That cry gets you outside of yourself. That cry moves you to say, God, oh, help me. I can't continue. In the way I'm going, Lord, help! I believe sometimes we're crying out to God, but our cry is a cry of want. There's a difference between a cry of want. And a cry of need. I believe in America, unfortunately, it's the greatest country in the world. But also, it puts us in a place where we don't really have a whole lot of needs. And so, because we don't have a whole lot of needs, we don't cry out like they cried out in the old days. We don't cry out like they cried on the foreign soil. Because we don't have a whole lot of need. We're crying to God for wants. And when you cry to God for wants, as opposed to needs... It's a different kind of cry. God knows everything and how you approach Him. He knows what's going on in here. You're just coming to Him for some want that you got. But God wants us to come to Him for the need that we have. Your need will drive you to go to God a different way than your wants. We got wants and we're thinking our wants or needs. And God is saying, let me tell you. Uh, there's a lot of things we want and God says no 
No. And when God says no, we go try to get it on our own. Help us, Jesus. Because God says no, we try to go and get it on our own. And, what, and, and why do you think God says no? He knows everything. If he says no, it's no. Don't, don't, don't try to go get your own stuff. He, if he says no, then it's no. He knows what's best. He knows everything. When will our cry become a cry of need just the way God has instituted our cry to be for a cry of need? When will our cry of need come in alignment with his cry for our life? Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Look at this. Here are some people that cried out to the Lord. Aside from that lady we just read about. Aside from the woman with the issue of blood. Here are some other people that cried unto the Lord. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. These were blind men. Have mercy on us. Here's a reason to cry. You might not think so. Yes, you cry out when you're physically blind because you want to see. But you better look a little deeper in the scriptures. Vision. You cry out for when you can't see spiritually. If you're here today and you just can't get it together, if you're here today and you just feel like I just can't get the, a grasp of him, oh God, if I'm, if you're here today and you just feel like I've been in a rut, if you're here today and you just feel like I just can't experience that, 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 that divine power of God, I can't just experience his power in my life, and, and you're here today and you never felt the touch like you want to, something worth uh, going crazy uh, and crying out to God about. Uh, that's not something uh, that you sit in church uh, and say, well, it'll be alright. Uh, oh no, I'm here to tell you if you're blind physically, you better cry out to Him. Uh, but if you're blind spiritually, you better cry just as the same uh, because we need to see uh, and it's something worth crying about. Oh, are you hearing me today? If you're not seeing, you're not feeling God the way you need to, you can't be content. You can't be content. I got to tell you, I've been living for God for a little bit, but I've had my moments where I feel like, yes, because I know Him, I know, I just got to keep on going. But it don't mean I'm going to stay content when I can't feel His presence. It don't mean I'm going to be content when I can't feel the power of the Holy Ghost working in my life. It don't mean I'm going to stay content when I can't experience the power of God when I begin to pray. I can't stay content if I can't feel Jesus. I can't stay content. I cry out to Him and say, God, I can't feel Your presence. 
I can't feel your presence. I gotta cry out. I can't just take my time. That's worth everything to me. I need to feel the presence of God. I need to experience the power of God. I can't just go about my days like everything is alright when I know I feel far away from God. I don't know how some of us can do it. I don't know. If I can't feel his presence, I don't want to talk to nobody. Uh, If I can't feel his presence, I don't want to go nowhere. If I can't feel his presence, I don't want to do nothing. I just got to feel his presence first before I can ever move on. And if I can, I got to do something to feel the presence of the Lord. Uh, They couldn't see They got desperate. That cry became a different kind of cry. Oh, Lord! Son of David! Have mercy on me. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oftentimes and often into the water. We see here a man went to Jesus and says, have mercy on my son. He's not in his right mind. That's worth crying out. You can fool people all the time. But you can feel fool God none of the times. We got to realize we're not living this thing for the people around us. And we'll get to that before we close out here today. We're not living this thing for the people around us. You got to stop and take inventory of yourself between you and Jesus. And if you feel like you're not in your right mind, the preacher don't have to know. None of the, pre- the people in the church have to know. But you better cry out to God. I'm not sure if the people that was around that woman with the issue of blood knew what was her problem. We read about it now because it was recorded. But I don't think when she crawled on the ground and trying to get to Jesus, I don't think people really knew what was wrong with her. Because guess what? When you know something is wrong with you and your relationship with no need to talk. No need to talk. I don't need to talk to nobody because the one that know what's wrong, I'm going to him. I don't need to let you know. Maybe after he do what he does, after I go to him, I can testify and say, guess what? I was messed up. I wasn't in my right mind. But it was a Sunday. I came to church. I didn't talk to nobody. I had nothing to say. And as soon as I had a chance, I went to that altar and I cried out to Jesus. And I lost my mind in desperation to Jesus. And finally, the Lord touched me. And I was no longer out of my mind. I was clothed in my right. What kind of cry? What kind of cry? What kind of cry are you crying out to the Lord? Or are you even crying out to the Lord? Are you desperate for anything in your life? Or everything is just good? Let me tell you something. I said it earlier when I came in. Let's not wait till the funeral to start crying. 
And if everything is all good right now, you better look around and say, what is not good? You better find out what's wrong right now. And I'll show you. There's some other things to cry out about because, listen, that woman that came to Jesus and this man that came to Jesus, they didn't come for themselves. So maybe you're good. But don't you have somebody that you love? Don't you have somebody that you're connected to that's not good? So you still don't have something to cry out about? Huh? You still don't have nothing to cry out about when you stop and realize and look at your life. Okay, your life is fine and you're doing well. Okay, that's cool. Now, what about somebody in your life? You don't think you need to cry out for somebody in your life? You don't think it's somebody that you love, that you care about, that they need for you to go to the Lord for them because they ain't going? Don't you think there's somebody that you need to go to the Lord for? Whether you know it or not, somebody went to the Lord for you. That's why you're here this morning. You can, you can think that you just, you were so alright that God just walked you right in the church and said, there you go baby. No, somebody prayed for you. Somebody stood in the gap for you. Somebody intercede and pray. You might not know who they are. You might not remember them, but somebody prayed. Somebody called on the name of the Lord and that's why you're here. So if somebody did that for you, will you do that for somebody else? Luke chapter 18, verse 13. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now this dude, he didn't holler and scream like the lady did either. Lord, have mercy upon me. I'm a sinner. As a matter of fact, when you pray like that, nobody hearing that. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I've sinned, Lord. Will you be merciful to me? I'm sure his prayer was whispered. But the Lord responded to him. Because you can still have a cry of desperation in a whisper. But there has to be some action. There has to be something that goes on in your life. Some some action that comes from you to make make, make that, that that whisper of, of 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 I'm desperate make that become real because you're doing something. You don't whisper it and just sit there. You don't whisper it and stand there. You whisper it and you go deep down into something else. God, I need you. I can't make this without you. It's, it, it could be a whisper or it could be a shout. But nevertheless, it better be a cry of desperation. It better be a cry of God, I need you. It better be a cry of God, I can't make it without you. If you're not saved, 
It doesn't matter if you've been born again or not. You know what your status is where you are in Christ. If you don't feel like you're saved, that's something worth crying out about with desperation. It could be that you're born again, but man, life has been challenging and you find yourself in a bad spot. You find yourself not being consistently obeying God. If that's where you are, you need to have a cry of desperation. (laughs) If you just don't know who Jesus is and you've never been born again... You need to have a cry of desperation. You can't just come to God any old kind of way because here is what you don't understand that God knows. Only when you become desperate will what God do cause you to change your actions. That's what the Lord, your creator, the one that did this and made you, he knows that. I don't know what you know, but the creator knows if they don't become desperate, it don't make sense for me to respond to them because only when they become desperate and I respond, will their action last. You want me to prove that to you a little bit? For most people, not everybody, but I think it might be in a 90 percentile. Um. You've been diagnosed with an illness that's going to kill you. But if you take these medicines and you start to eat this kind of way and stop doing these kind of things, you will live. What do you think is going to happen? The doctor told you, just take these medicines, start doing this, stop doing that. What do you think you're going to do? You're going to start doing it. Your action will change. The doctor has prescribed it, and now your action changed. Why? Because you were desperate. You were going to lose your life. And the doctor told you how not to lose your life. And so guess what? You said, okay, doc, and you started doing it. That's desperation. But unfortunately, how we are today, there's nothing desperate in our life. So we're not crying out to God for anything. But I, I, I want to challenge you today like the Lord has challenged me. Do you think you're doing, you think you're okay spiritually? You think everything is all good spiritually? You, you think you're seeing the Word of God the way you need to see it? You, you, you think that you're in your right mind and everything is all good? Because if, if those things pertain to you where you said, yeah, I need to really get that part together, it takes you crying out to God to get His attention. Listen, when you cry out to God, it's a cry to get his attention. The cry out to the Lord is only to get his attention. Look at all those examples. Oh Lord, have mercy on me. In one case, we'll see in a second, he didn't talk to the person. Other cases, all he did was bring them to me. And then he said, what, what do you want me to do? Come on now, follow this book. You think Jesus didn't know what they needed? He knew what everyone, but why didn't he do anything right away? Why is it the cry only gets his 
somebody come on with me today. Why is it the cry only gets the attention of the Lord? He didn't do any miracles yet. He didn't meet that need yet. That cry was just a cry to get his attention. You see how far back we are and we don't even realize it? We can't even get the attention of the Lord. Is the Lord seeing us? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord is upon the right. Yeah, he's seeing you. But if you want to get favor, if you want to get the audience of God, if you want God to say, what would you like? If you want to get God to ask you, what will you have me to do? It's going to have to be that cry. They cried. He didn't do no miracles when they cried out. They just got his attention. Oh, Lord. Let me mess y'all up real quick then. Let me mess everybody up real quick. You want me to tell you something that was familiar with all those cries? It's a lot of familiar things. Here is one of the most amazing things about all of those people that cried out to Jesus. They were not as familiar with Jesus like some of the other Christian folks. Go back and look at the scripture. God gave me a revelation. I'm getting ready to drop it on you. So all those people that cried out to him, they kind of knew about him. They heard about what he did. But they weren't walking with him. They weren't close to him. They just knew they were desperate and he was the answer. You're not getting it yet. Here is the revelation. There's usually two kind of people that's getting God's attention. The ones that's not too familiar and the ones that's servants. You're not getting me today. If you don't, if you're not one of those that realize I need God, things ain't right in my life and you cry out with desperation, you don't get his attention. And if you're not one that say, Lord, send me, I'm your servant, you're not getting his attention. It's the ones that's not familiar and they're trying to get him to do something. They're trying to get him to help them. They cry out in desperation. They don't even know him well like some of y'all do. And they cry out with desperation. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They just know this is my only hope. He is my only source. And I'm crying out to him. And then he had his disciples that says, Master, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? How do you want us to live? And they live that way. And then you got all those that stuck in the middle. Don't get stuck in the middle. That's a word from the Lord this morning. That word came to me in the sanctuary. Don't get stuck in the middle. We have to work hard. You see, what happens is when God, when you cry, oh, God, help us today. When you cried out in desperation, at some point in time, God heard you. And when he heard you, He gave you his attention. And there was transaction between you and him. And you got to know, "Mm -hmm, the Lord is real. Mm -hmm, I met him myself. Mm -hmm, I had my own encounter with God. And so you know it. Now what happens from there is all 
very important because you can live on the fringes now. Guess what? Once he has done it for you, you're not going to act as desperate anymore. You're going to think he obligated to do it all the time because he did it at one time. And so now you don't have that cry of desperation anymore. You come to church and hear the preacher say, God is good. And you say, yes, he is because you're thinking about the time he did it for you. But now there is no desperation cry in you. And so you're just sitting around God is good. I know he'll do his thing for me. And nothing goes on. There is no cry. Because you're just sitting around thinking it's just like it was at the beginning when you said, Oh, Lord, have mercy. But God is saying, it ain't like that. you got to keep doing that over and over again. That cry got to be the same as it was from the beginning. We get familiar and we stop crying out to God. We get comfortable and keep on living that. Listen to me. Uh, This book that I read is messing with me because the, the writer of the book, he said, if you go and read the book of Acts from Acts chapter 2, from when the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the church and they received the Holy Ghost, spoke with tongues, and you watched them and they got baptized in Jesus' name and, and souls was added to the church. And it went on and says, and they went steadfastly daily in the apostles' doctrine and, 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 and in fellowship and in prayer and in breaking of bread. It, it talks about all of that and miracles were done. He says, that's how the first church was operating. He says, now, Go look and see if your church operating like that. All of us, including this church, ain't operating like the original church. And that's messing with me. Because I understand that when you don't follow the instruction, you don't get the same results. That's what I know. If you don't follow the right instructions, you don't get the same results. And so now I understand why we've been in church for a long time. And we wonder why people wake up and say, church ain't for me. Something just ain't right. He ain't preaching the word no more. People there don't like me. I can't deal with them kind of folk. You come up with a whole lot of excuses when all it really comes down to is you left. Who called you into the church? You stopped crying out to him as you did the very first time. And now you're blaming your stuff on everybody else. When it really come down to, are you really crying out to Jesus? Are you really seeking out for God? Or are you just looking around? I remember, I remember, I don't know about you, I remember when God was pulling on me and my heart was drawing me to God. I remember I had dreams every night that the rapture came. Every night I go down to lay down right before, before day or something, I dreamt the rapture came. Some of it I was able to go up in the rapture and some of it I got left. That was, those were my dreams when I was first in the church, first trying to live for God. And you know what it do? What it did? It made me wake up in the morning. God, I don't have the Holy Ghost yet, Lord. You can't, you can't, you can't come now when I don't have the Holy Ghost, God. You gotta fill me with your spirit. I need to talk in tongues to know I have your spirit. I want to go to heaven, Lord. I don't want to get left. You know what that was? That was a cry, a desperate cry of save me. That's what the cry was. 
save me, God. Don't let me be left behind when you come for your church. Don't let me be left behind. I got on my knees and I said, God, will you help me? And then we had prayer in the morning at 3.30 and 4 a.m. And man, I was up. I was in my car. I drove to the prayer room. 3.30, 3.45, 4 o'clock, 4.30. And I prayed. I cried out to God. I called on the name of Jesus because I was desperate. I needed God. And I wasn't going to act like I was all together. What happened? What happened? Do we just come all casual now and forget the days when you really cried out to God? You got stuck in the middle? That's not the good place to be. I know we want to think that the Christian life is good when you get stuck in the middle. I'm here to tell you, bad place to be, stuck in the middle. The author that I read from the book he started a church in his living room and grew it to a mega church. But the same things always transpired. This is one of the reasons why he knew God needed to do something different in him. He said he had a great group of, he said it was a lot of new people coming to church and getting saved and excited about God. And then there were a lot of people that were ministers and associate pastors and leaders in the church. And they were excited about God. And these new people were coming. He said, but you had your same old that came every week. They just sat there. They heard the preaching and left. That don't change. That goes on everywhere. But you can do something if you be one of the ones that come, sit, and listen. Listen. God has been good to us. And you and you giving him three hours a week. Some of you. Three hours a week. You think that's good, huh? I got to come at you the way the Lord came at me, okay? You, you think you're three hours. You come Thursday night. I might keep you for an hour and 15 minutes. And you don't worship the Lord. You just listen to me teach. Because when you listen to me teach, I don't see nobody getting up saying, Lord, let me just worship you because the word that I just received is so wonderful. Let me just worship you. Nobody does that. So all you did was on Thursday, you came and you just listened. Okay, hour and 15 minutes gone. Then you come on Sunday morning. And Sunday morning, uh, we pray. We all pray together. Okay, I don't know if that's giving something to the Lord or not. Because you might be praying for something that you want from the Lord. So I don't know if you gave or not at that particular juncture. Then the praise singers get up and start um, singing. They sing and we listen. Oh, yeah, go ahead, praise singers. You ain't giving nothing to the Lord still. You just listen to the praise singers rocking you. You listen to the, every once in a while they, you know, you say, yeah, those words are powerful, but you ain't doing nothing. Then I come up, well, let me not skip offering. Then offering come, and you bring your offering. Some might put in a basket, they want to get blessed. Some just say, let me just put something in so I don't look like I'm the one that's not getting, putting nothing in. You got all kind of things going on. You, you got you got some that's just like whatever. Just let me do it. So there's no reverence to giving your offering to the Lord because you're not looking at it as this is worship. I'm letting the Lord know that I appreciate His goodness. You're not coming like that. You're coming like so again. You're coming for yourself. Most of us. Then after that, the preaching comes, and you listen to me preach, and maybe I'll say something that challenges you. Oh, and you say, Oh God. But when do we stand and worship God? When do we get on our faces and get on our knees? And that's what he gets. Let me tell you this. When you worship God, that's you ministering to God. 
Look at your life and say, where did the... Where's the ministering? And if you really look, God is always ministering to you. When are you ministering to God? When do you stop and say, hold on, you can preach a little bit more, preacher, and that's cool, but let me stand and let me just give God all of the adoration and all of the reverence because He alone is deserving. I went to church today to worship and praise my God. I didn't just go to get some more word in me. You know enough word right now to go start a church. This is why we can look at it. We can see the unfamiliar are the ones that's crying out. The ones that's trying to figure, trying to get a hold of who he is. The ones that's trying to learn who he is. The ones that are desperate and they need to be delivered. Those are the ones that's crying out. And then you have the disciples, the servants that say, God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. Are you stuck in the middle? Are you in the place where you're not desperately calling out to the Lord or you're not really serving the Lord as a servant? Because if you're not doing any of those, then you're stuck in the middle. What are you going to do? Because you can't get God's attention being stuck in the middle. You're going to become frustrated. You're going to take your frustration out on people because you're stuck in the middle and you're going to feel neglected of God. But God don't neglect us. God will working us, but he's saying you got to work this. I'm not going to waste my time and work in your life and you don't care nothing about it. When you care about it, I care about it. When you want it, I want it. Uh, uh, I don't think I'm going to finish up anything here. How badly do you want it? Because until you want it, God can't do nothing with you. Until you want it, he can't do nothing with you. You, you, You're coming to hear, and God is saying, who's going to minister unto me? So, she got his attention. You notice something that the Lord did? He, He responded to his disciples when the woman spoke to him. Did you notice that? Let me see. Let me make sure you see it so you understand and you're following me. So, look at this. In verse 23, Matthew 15. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. I'm not even going to go down that road in a second there. Church people, send her away. She's getting on our nerves. A drunk come in here and you keep looking at him. Man, he smells stink of alcohol. And nobody's heart is being moved to say, oh my goodness, let me go and pray with him. Somebody came in here, they're bum and they, sm- they smell. And everybody looking around, what in the world smells so stinking? Nobody is trying to cater to that person. All kind of things. And all we think is, oh, they're interrupting what we normally do. They're interrupting us. That's kind of what the disciple, she's interrupting us. We're trying to get a time along with the master. She's interrupting us. Uh Uh-huh. 
And so they say, send her away, for she cried after us. They were, first of all, um, disciples, they were crying, she was crying after Jesus, not y'all. <laughs> Let me defend this lady real quick. You know what I mean? They, she crying after us. It ain't y'all. After Jesus. But look at verse 24. But he, Jesus, answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He, she asked him a question, and he turned to his disciples and says, you know, this is really what he said. Let me translate into today's English for you. My mission is to preach the word of God and, and, and minister to the children of Israel first. And so my job is not to go to the Gentiles yet. My job is to go first to the children of Israel and minister to them. I'm not really supposed to be ministering to the Gentiles yet. That's really what he was saying. Right? So she got his attention because she got him and his disciples talking about her. So she got his attention. This is what I mean by your cry. Only... We can come to the altar and cry out to God. And when he says, here I am, what do you do then? What do you do then when God says, I'm here? What do you do? So, verse 25, then she came. Oh, man. We need to all say, God, give me a spirit like this woman, man. I I need a spirit where I don't get offended. I need a spirit where I'm so desperate, where I'm coming after you no matter what's being said. Oh, God, help us. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So, your praise, your, your cry... Your worship. Your cry get his attention. Your worship get a response from him. And so she cried with a desperate cry. Will you cry with a desperate cry? And if you cry with a desperate cry, the Lord will say, here I am. And then you have to now know the next key to use. And that next key is your worship. And Lord knows we struggle with that part. Uh Uh-huh. She worshipped. Yes, she did. Her worship got a response from Jesus. Your worship will get you a response from Jesus. We do more talking about worship than we actually worship God. I can't wait for the day which I know it will be here shortly. The day when we just worship God just because. You don't need me to encourage you. You don't need music to encourage you. You don't need anybody to tell you. You just think of the goodness of Jesus and your soul just say, God, I worship you. I adore you. You are You are so awesome and so magnificent. I lift my hands to you. I will look foolish for you. 
Because that's what worship really is. That's why we don't do it. Oh, but the Lord already says the things of God is foolishness to this world. But you better realize it ain't foolishness to God. And when you bow over and you reverence God, you might think it's foolishness. Your neighbor might think it's foolishness. But God, he sits on the throne and he says, they're ministering unto me. Don't you understand that when you worship God, He gets overwhelmed, He gets consumed by your worship, and that's why He has to respond. When God sits on the throne, Tony, and you worship God, guess what? He can't help it but to respond. Oh God, let me let me show you something. Let me show you something. Understand this. We have made gods out of entertainers. We've made gods out of the, the, the athletes. We've made gods out of fashion. We've made gods out of electronics. We've made gods out of our people, children. We've made gods out of all kind of things. And when you worship those gods, those gods do something. Because the worship, God is the one that taught us and institute worship. And what he made worship to do is to affect the two people. And so if I worship God, it affects him and it affects me. You see, if you worship the athletes, you feel good and they feel good, but you don't profit nothing. If you worship God, God can't help it but to flow goodness to you. God can't help it but to respond to you. God can't help it but to do something because he's so overwhelmed by you ministering to him. Will somebody worship the Lord? Will somebody worship Him? Because God can't help Himself but to respond when you worship Him. Oh Jesus, we worship You. Oh Jesus, we thank You for who You are. Oh, there is none like You. Oh, great is the Lord. There is none like You. We worship You, oh God. Worship will always get the Lord to respond. Worship overwhelms God. And when God gets overwhelmed, He says, you're ministering to me. You thought only God could minister to you. You thought only the preacher could minister to you. You thought only the teacher could minister to you. But let me tell you, when you worship, you minister to God Himself. You minister to God Himself when you worship. Lord, oh God, I thank you. Oh God, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know how much I adore you. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. I just want you to know how much you mean to me. You are everything to me. You mean everything to me. I adore you. I bow before you. I humble myself to you, O God, and I adore you. I magnify your name. You're my God. You're my God. You're my God. You're my king. You're my ruler. You're my father, my friend, my healer, my deliverer. Oh, God, who can compare to you? There is none like you. Come on, somebody, lift your voice and worship the Lord. 
Lift your voice and worship the Lord. Lift your voice and give the Lord praise. Lift your voice and honor Jesus in this place today. There must be a cry. There must be a cry of desperation to get the Lord's attention. And when He says, Here I am, how about you minister to Him by worshiping Him? How about you minister to Him by praising Him? How about you minister to Him by singing unto Him? Oh, you can sing unto the Lord and you minister to Him. You can bow before Him and you minister to Him when you minister to the Lord. Remember, worship is a sacrifice. You might not feel like it. You might have pain in your body. You might be experiencing some things. But if you will present your body a living sacrifice, if you will say, here I am, Lord, I give myself to you. I give myself to you. And you begin to worship God. God will say, oh, my God. And he will respond to you. He will respond to your worship. He will respond to your worship. Oh, somebody don't get stuck in the middle. Let that cry of desperation come from deep down and let the Lord receive worship from you. The word of the Lord said in verse 27, and she said, truth, O Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Let me tell you something. When you know the Lord, you know how to approach Him. And when the Lord says, I can't give the food that belongs to the children that I came to serve. I can't give them, I can't give bread, their bread to you. The lady says, I'm not asking you for their bread. I don't want their bread. Guess what? When people back home and back in the day, when they ate at the table, they had good, nice dogs. The dogs sat at the feet. The dogs was by your chair. The dogs was just right there. They sit there. And while you're eating for the good ones, we drop something. And the dog eat it. And whatever came off the table by accident, the dog ate it. And this lady said to Jesus, Jesus, I didn't ask you to give me what belonged to somebody else. She said, Jesus, I'm only asking you to give me what nobody else wants. She's asking God, and you're so wonderful, you're so powerful, I just want what nobody else wants, because that will be just fine for me. She got to him, she got to him, you know how she got to him? Because she worshipped, she knew who he was, and she said, I'm not asking you to do something wrong. I just want you to give me the crumbs that fall from the table. And if the kids would be so, they would happen to drop something, I would take that too. Humility. Humility from the very beginning. How she approached God was in a humble way. She cried out and made a fool of herself. And they said, what is wrong with this fool? Why is she acting up? That didn't stop her. She kept pursuing her. And she got close to the master and fell at his feet. And made a bigger fool, according to us, a bigger fool of herself and worship him. What are we going to do? Are we going to keep taking this thing for granted? Are we going to just keep on doing what we've always done? And Jesus said, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, 
Great is thy faith. Be it unto you even as thou will. God wants to do some things in your life. He want to fix some situation. He want to work some things out. But you don't want to approach him. You don't want to do it in the way prescribed to get what God want to give to you. And you're going to sit there and keep doing it your way and get frustrated with God and get frustrated with the church and God is just just crying out for you. My daughter, my son, will you come? I want to heal you. I want to save you. I want to deliver you. I want to close in your right mind. Will you just come? But we don't come with a coming of desperation. We don't come with a come of worship. Stand with me. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. The Lord admired this woman's faith. Sometimes those who have the fewest privileges, the fewest opportunities, the, little, the least amount of knowledge are the ones that will always pursue God in faith. Those of us that know so much about God has become so familiar with God that we can't get what we're supposed to get. We can't get what God want to give us because we don't want to do what it takes to get it. We're saying, God, you powerful, you know, why don't you do it? And God is saying, that's not the way it works. Remember I told you last week, redemption is about us. God's redemption is about us because he's trying to redeem us. So it is about us when we think about redemption because he's not trying to redeem dogs and cats. He's trying to redeem human beings. So redemption is about us. Here's where we're getting in trouble. The plan of God to redeem us is about him. That's where we're getting it twisted. We're getting it twisted because we realize it is about us. God loves us and he wants to redeem us. And we take that to the extreme. When God is saying, I love you and I'm redeeming you and I love you and I want to save you. But here's the deal. That plan, how I do it, you don't have anything to do with it. You don't have anything to do with how I redeem you. I am going to redeem you. But you have no say so in how it works. When, when will we get that? that? That's what God wants us to get. That the plan, all we do is follow. He will do the rest. Just follow the plan. He loves you. And he wants to save you. He wants to close in your right mind. He wants to make sure all the things you need, you are being given. But the way how it all will transpire is the way he designed. Not the way you think. Not the way you want. It's one thing. God is so good and we are challenged like we're challenged as parents in this area. How to love your children but still do it the right way where it work out all the right way. Maddie is tough. And when you get grown up enough, your mom don't want to hear this. And when you get married and get your own husband and get your own family, guess what? You're going to see how challenging it is to love your children, to raise them right, but you still got to make sure you're disciplining them right, but loving them. You're making sure you correct them, but loving them. It's not easy, but you're the one that's responsible for bringing them here and, and guiding them, and that's not an easy thing to do. 
but you're the parent. And in order for it to happen, the parent got to do it. Why are we fighting with God? Why are we, why are we, why are we trying to determine how God should do things? God, why I got to cry out like that lady? God, why I got to become desperate like that lady? Don't ask him that. Because if he explained it to you, you wouldn't understand. Just do it. Just do it. And you will see, you will see how it will all work out because God knows everything and he's working it all out. Listen, we don't have Jesus standing right here today, but we know his power is present. And if we will do what the lady did, we will get what we need from God. But we have to do it the same way. It has to be by our cry, by our worship. And finally, the lady, Jesus said to her, great is your faith. You know how we can tell the lady had faith? We knew the lady has faith. When you read your Bible and you study your Bible, I knew the lady had faith because at the very beginning she says, O Lord, thou son of David. <laughs> you follow that? You can't be no Gentile, heathenistic, and understood that Jesus was the Messiah, because that's what she was saying. I know you're the Messiah. I know that you came through the lineage of David. I know who you are. And that's why I'm crying out to you, because if I didn't know who you were, I wouldn't be making a fool of myself like this. Maybe you need to know who he is. Maybe we don't really know him, and that's why we're afraid to make a fool of ourselves before him. Huh. She knew who he was. So that, that showed that she had faith. Your cry will get his attention. Your worship will get a response from him. And your faith will give you what you need. Listen to me. One of the obstacles this woman had to overcome was the dismissive attitude of the disciples. The same is true today for those who are seeking the gospel or seeking Jesus for their miracle. Do not judge the gospel or Jesus by the impression of church folks. I'm taking away your excuse. Do not judge Jesus and his word by religious church folks that's stuck in the middle. You don't have an excuse. Don't You can't go tell the Lord, Lord, they got on my nerves. And I ain't like their attitude anyway. Because when I try to call you out, Lord, I try to call you, they telling you. I heard them tell you. Tell them to go away. I heard that. That's how we would have rolled. We would have decided that them dudes that's rolling with Jesus, we, we, what we do, we cut off our nose all the time, brother, despite our face. So you needed a miracle. And because you cried out to Jesus and his, 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 his boys that's rolling with him is trying to dis, be dismissive to you, now you're going to turn your back and say, forget them then. I thought you needed a miracle. Why are you letting people stop you from getting your miracle? Why are you letting people stop you from getting where Jesus want to take you? And when you don't do what you're supposed to do, which is keep seeking God, you're letting people dictate it. And God has a problem with that. Yes. She didn't let 
those people doing. But 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 she had an obstacle. She could have turned her back and just walked away because of how those disciples treated her. We can't let church folk, religious folk, that's stuck in the middle, stop us from what Jesus wants to do with us. Let me tell you this real quick. I'm I'm down with you 100%. So if you don't think somebody on your side, this dude on your side. I couldn't do what I do today if I didn't love you. God prepared people to do this job. And you can only do this by loving everybody. If you ever try to do this job by being impartial, or being partial, I should say, or doing it any kind of way other than from the love of God, oh, God will do what he got to do to you. So you don't have to worry about it. I'm on your side. I got your back because I don't have a choice anyway. Remember I told you? I said to the, I said to the Lord, you tell me I got to do this the rest of my life. And he asked me, what alternative did I have? Did I have some other alternative? That's what the Lord asked me, and I shut my mouth and smiled and says, you're right, I don't have no other alternative. This is what I will do till I die. I don't have another alternative. So I'm on your side. So you don't have to worry about church folk. That's going to say, don't bother the pastor right now. Church folk. Yeah. And so she was able to get past that obstacle. If you're seeking help from Jesus, don't be put off by the airs and attitude of some people who claim to know Jesus, claim to be perfect Christians. Get rid of her, Jesus. That's what they said. And so today, in many different ways, people in need of Jesus are put off by religious folk. Here is the way you need to look at it. If you are looking for Jesus, don't stop until you find him. And when you find him, try your best to be as generous and as loving to others as Jesus is to you. So for all the people that you feel like religious folk, that you say, eh, they get on my nerves, just forget about them. Seek Jesus, and when you find him and he starts to work in your life and do what he says he will do in your life, you don't be a church folk. You become a spiritual, godly individual where God can work through you and you can exhibit the love of Christ. We don't need to worry about who's not doing it, but if I get close enough to Jesus, then I will be doing the right thing. I will be demonstrating the love of God. I will be demonstrating worship. I will praise Him. I will be the one that will make a difference. So I will either be one of the ones that's really serving Him or one of the ones that's desperately seeking him but I won't be one of the ones that's stuck in the middle I don't know what you're going to do about this word today I don't know what you're going to do about this today I don't know what else to do I'm just going to keep preaching the word because that's all I can do keep loving you and keep preaching the word but how about we take five minutes and pray and worship, and talk to the Lord, and then we can go home. Because I preached a whole lot today, 
And so now you need to respond to the Lord. You need to minister to the Lord. And here is this. Let me call you out real quick. Usually here is where people leave. So, you know, I just got done preaching. In your mind, you wrote down some things. You, you, you lodged some things in your mind that you said, all right, those are good things. I need to practice them. And then you walk out. You know what it means? You got what you want, but you never gave Jesus nothing. That's what I'm just telling you. We don't, we, we're not doing it like the Bible says. We come in and we said, oh, man, that's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you got all the information you need. And then you're ready to leave. And hopefully, hopefully, you can practice it. But you never stopped to give Jesus anything. You never decided, you know, let me just minister to my God. Let, let me just minister to Him. Because right now, ain't no time to, 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 to do anything but to minister to Him. To appreciate Him. To love Him. We gotta change the way we approach church service. And how we, 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 we handle ourselves in our relation, our relationship with the Lord. If not, church is gonna become dull and boring. It's gonna become something that you just do, but it won't mean a whole lot because you have left out the most important thing, and that is worshiping the King of Kings, worshiping the Lord. And so today, I wanna change something for me and for you that we need to learn to minister to the Lord. And when the Word of God is preached, I tell you one thing, if you will come and minister to the Lord, I will cut my sermon short if I have to. Because the most important thing is for you to minister to the Lord. It's for you to worship Him and let Him know what you think about Him. And let Him feel good about the things that you feel about Him. When are we going to let Jesus feel good? When are we going to make Him feel good about what we think about Him? Why is it always God, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. When are we going to give God something? And the way you give it to Him is by worshiping Him or serving Him. Which one will you do? Are, are you doing both? Will you serve Him? Will you worship Him? But will you just make sure you minister to the Lord? Oh God, I, I worship you. I worship you, Lord. God, I am going to worship you. Lord, forgive me for not worshiping you as much as I need to. Because, Lord, we spend so much time always making prayer requests. We spend so much time, Lord God, wanting to be blessed. We spend so much time, Lord God, asking for favors. We spend so much time asking you to protect us. But Lord, today, I just want you to know that I love you. I just want you to know... I adore you. I want you to know what I think about you. That you are the great I am. That you are the everlasting father. That you are my God, my master, my ruler. I just want you to know that I adore you. And I worship you for who you are. Oh God, you are so wonderful. You are amazing. You are kind, oh God. There is none like you. Who can compare to you, Lord God? None can compare to you. Who is like the Lord? There is nobody like the Lord. It is you that made us and not we ourselves. We are your people and the sheep of your pastor. Oh God, we adore you. Lord Jesus, I want you to know that, oh God, I 
know I could not exist without you. Uh, all that I am uh, and all that could ever be, uh, it's all wrapped up in you. Uh, and if you don't do, Lord, I am nothing. Uh, if you don't allow me to breathe, uh, I can't breathe. Uh, if you don't uh, keep the breath of life in me, uh, I can't live. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> it was like the Lord. Uh, there is none like you. Uh, oh, I love you. <laughs> I thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, you're worthy. You're worthy of all the honor. You're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of my worship. You're worthy, Lord. I bow before you, Lord Jesus. I bow before you, Lord God. I reverence you, Lord God. And I honor you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The Lord our God, He is holy. The Lord our God, He is holy. The Lord our God, He is righteous. The Lord our God, He is faithful. The Lord our God, He is mighty. He is high and lifted up. Heaven is His throne and earth is His footstool. The Lord our God, He is faithful. He is kind. He is merciful. Oh, who can compare to you, O oh God? Lord, we love you. 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 We thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving, O oh God, us your attention. When we